Hello and welcome to The Donfather, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. And my friends, no stop signs, speed limit. Nobody's going to slow me down like a wheel, going to spin it. Nobody's going to mess me around. Hey, Satan, paying my dues. Playing in a rocking band. Hey, Mama, look at me. I'm on the highway to the promised land. I'm on the highway to hell. And that is where our season is headed. We are going very quickly in the wrong direction. Who was with me tonight? Just me, just Laura. Just Laura. Just Laura. Yep. Mm. The boys are working. They've been busy working at Run for the Kids this weekend. So oh, lame. Maddie and Nikki are out and you've just got me. Just you. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. The weekend didn't start off very well with a loss to the Bombers, but the rest of the weekend's been not too bad. Mm. Yes, it's it's always a tough one now, the Essendon-Melbourne game, or as I like to call it, the first annual Will Ross Cup. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, probably fitting that uh, the Bombers went down in honour of our great Melbourne supporter friend. But it doesn't change the fact that for the first time in 55 years, Essendon is 0-3. and three. Yes, that is correct. Our worst start to a season since 1967. Well, look, at least we're breaking records of some sort. Mm, all the wrong records. Yeah. All the yep. wrong records. Although, uh, like, it, it was a bit more promising this weekend. They didn't look as dismal as they have done. Yeah, look, we'll get into it when we get to our likes and dislikes. But um, I think it was probably the best of our three performances, to be honest. Um but before we jump straight into that, um, tell me, what's been going on in the bomber supporting world? How's it been being a bomber supporter the last couple of weeks? What have you been up to? It's been, um, what, in bomber supporting world or just in general? In general. Because didn't you head down to Tullamarine yesterday? I did head down to Tullamarine yesterday, went to the hangar, took mm. Kai with us to go. Was and that the first time you've been there? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I've not been there before. Oh, so, give us your first impressions. Well, you couldn't actually get inside other than the bomber shop, but it looks pretty impressive. I would actually love to go and do a tour of the facilities. Um, and as you kind of, you can see through the cafe, and you can see all the Premiership Cups there. Mm. Um, looks like a really awesome facility. We yeah, I went. A- I went on a tour when it first opened, and um, this was obviously pre-COVID. Um, I went along with our great friend Christopher um, and we had a great tour the facility is really nice it took us into the mm. rooms they, yeah they took us everywhere and it was a really really cool setup yeah I definitely want to do one at some point actually um, we had a little run around on the oval mm-hmm. I don't know if we're allowed to but that's what we did yep. um, Kai got a new footy because that's all he wanted last week when we were at the <laughs> game was a yellow footy so we had a what, bit of a kick on the oval what color was the footy you bought it wasn't yellow it was black and red but he chose that himself, so he has no one to blame but himself for that one. Yellow footies, actually, they're, you know, oh, you might find a little one. Maybe our listeners can let us know. You might find a little one that's yellow, but I think they're only the, like, official match ball sized ones. 
that yeah that's all we could see really i think he got a smaller one actually i think yeah. the one that he got was a, a kitty size one yeah his is um, junior footy sized it's not yeah was kick size but it's junior footy sized um but the actual yellow ones i think you can only get proper ones yeah they looked like legit footballs mm. so so tell us about the the merchandise there was it like lots of low quality stuff or was it all pretty nice no, it was all pretty nice. Actually, I, don't, I didn't see any low-quality stuff. Oh, um, good. Got myself a new um, footy jumper, so the 150-year one. Yeah, yeah. I um, I got sucked into that too. I'm a bit annoyed at those jumpers. Do you know why? Why is that? Because the players wear the ones with the the emblem above the um the sponsor on the left chest that's where and, i thought it was yeah and and the ones that you buy it's like over your left hip yeah that's um, why i was confused when i saw it because i i didn't think that that emblem was at the bottom and so i yeah i thought we we're buying the wrong thing yeah and so that kind of annoys me a bit because i like the ones that players wear and you pay a lot of money for them yeah um and i want the one that the players wear so why do you think they did that I don't know. Maybe if anyone from the club's listening, maybe they can let us know. I doubt anyone from the club's listening. I doubt anybody's listening full stop, to be honest. <laughs> no. no. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. we'll see. We'll see if we can get an explanation from the club. Maybe our social media manager can get into it. Yeah, maybe. But they mm. had some really cool stuff there. There was a jumper I wanted to get um, was black and grey and it had like the bombers, the, the plane yeah. um, kind of embossed, I guess. And um, they just didn't have my size, but it looked awesome. Couldn't they get, get your size in? Oh, I didn't ask. Mm. I like those ones, the really subtle ones. They're quite nice. Mm. I, um, yeah, I could get some wear out of that. Yeah, I've got um, uh, just a black T-shirt that I got last year with a little old school Essendon plane on it. Um, mm. And that's one of my favourite pieces of merchandise. Like some of the really gaudy stuff, it's a bit too cheesy. It looks a bit yeah. gross. Um, yeah. But the more subtle ones, like the... Truck Rutten wears the hat a lot. That's just a black and grey hat with the um the plane on it. It's quite nice. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. those. So if any of the fans are listening and want to send us merchandise, understated stuff is the way to go, like a bit Absolutely. more subtle. Um, I think I'm too old to get around in like, you know, an Essendon jumper or a full like kitted out. You know, it's all right for the 10-year-old boys that do it on the weekends, but I think I'm a bit too old for that. Well... Who wears their footy merchandise not at the footy? Like I Richmond think that's a, supporters. Yeah, well, yeah, true. Richmond supporters and now Collingwood and Carlton supporters. I find that really weird. Like yeah. merchandise should only be worn at the game. You're not you're not getting up on a Sunday morning going to get a coffee unless your team's just won the grand final the day before. You're not doing that in your footy jumper. That is I've, terrible. Yeah, I've actually never understood that when I see like grown men walking down the street like just on a Sunday morning or even, you know, when they're not going to the footy, wearing their footy jumper. I honestly do not understand. And there's not they're not actually like the nicest fabric to wear around anyway. So no. No. Or, or even when people are going for a run and they're wearing their footy jumper. Like I, I just saw, don't I saw that understand. today. Yeah, I saw that today at Run for the Kids actually. It's just I, weird. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just not. It's just not stylish. It's not classy. It's just, you just shouldn't do it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I mean, in in my dreams when we've won the grand final and I'm getting up the next day to go and get a coffee, then I wear my Essendon jumper because that's certainly never going to happen in our lifetime. Well, Uh, yeah. 
I think that's the only time it's acceptable, to be honest, if, you're, yep. if your team's won the grand final. And day only, after. Yeah, I think you only get one day as well. Like, yep. any more than that, just move on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Or like footy colours day at school. Yeah, but it's been a long time since we've been, we've been at school, right? Oh, yeah, I got an email the other day, if, um, if this doesn't make you feel old, um, for my 20-year reunion. Yeah, no, well, that's not that old. It's um, crept up, I'll tell you what. It has crept up. Um, mine's next year. Mm. So do yeah. your maths out there, uh, listeners. Not that, yeah, again, not that we have any. But anyway, um, we've been rambling on long enough. I'm sure the listeners are bored. Let's uh, let's take a little bit of a break. And then when we come back, we can go into our likes, our dislikes, our lamentations, our sadness, all those things. Sounds good. So I'm not sure what tune I'm going to use yet, but I guess, you know, this is the magic of of podcasting. It might be sad. It might be happy. Let's wait and see. Let's see how this segment goes. And then I can choose in hindsight the appropriate song. Um, But Laura. Yes. Friday night. Yes. The traditional grab some pizza, watch it with the family. Uh, we decided not to go because we thought we would get a shellacking and we couldn't be bothered sitting in the cold um, mm. in the MCC watching that game. Um, this is the thing about the Bombers and they do it every single time. Every time I gear up for a Friday night and I'm like, yes, let's get pizza, let's sit on the couch, like it's going to be amazing. Literally every time we lose. Mm. Well, we have been bad for a long time, right? That's true. So, you know, it's. It's kind of, we're kind of punishing ourselves in that regard. Yeah. Like, it's kind of our own fault. It's like we're the eternal optimists. Like, we just, yeah. or is it like the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome? I think it's more insanity. I yeah, think so I think too. It's more insanity. But Friday night. Mm, yes. Melbourne's home game, 14 15 to 10 10 70. Um, so not the shellacking that I expected. We went down by 29 points. Um, and in some ways you could say that result flattered the demons. Uh, Yeah. I was just about to say, I don't feel like that scoreline was reflective of the game and, and of how the Bombers played. I think late in the last quarter, they got a little bit lucky, but I don't think that that scoreline really, um, is justified by how the game was and how the Bombers played. Having said that, they kicked horribly in the first and third quarters, or the Mm. first quarter in particular. Um, We didn't score a goal and they scored 3-5. So I think think the result is probably about right the way the game played out, given that they didn't take their chances early. They Mm. They should have been five or six goals up. Um, and then I imagine we probably would have dropped our heads and we would have got an almighty shellacking. Mm. Um, but certainly I was expecting us to really, I thought a Geelong-esque demolition was on the cards um, yeah. after the Brisbane game. Yeah. Isn't it sad though when we're like, oh, the loss wasn't as bad as I was expecting? That is the sign of a mediocre football team when your supporters are like, actually, there's some good things about this loss. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is my frustration overall 
with um, the football club and where we're at is that we're like, you know what? That loss wasn't so bad. There were some signs that we played well. We've been mediocre for 20 years. We need to stop accepting honorable losses. We need to stop saying, you know, we can see room for improvement. No, that's not how we improve as a football club. We have to look at it as a loss and we have to look at every loss as unacceptable. Um, and then we have to grow and develop from that point, not from, oh, yeah, that was that was not so bad. That wasn't as bad as I thought, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah, we're not visiting agreed. the dentist. We're trying no. to win games of football. That's right. Exactly. Although we never visit the dentist and say, that's not as bad as I thought because we have an excellent dentist. Yeah, well, you know, he does listen to this podcast. So he's yes, probably I'm sure he does. Him. Yeah. Anyone, anyone, what's his practice called? I actually don't even know. Let's look it up. Let's yeah, we're better because that if he actually does listen and we don't know. Oh, he definitely listens. It's All Dr. Right. Robert Aurelio in Heidelberg. I want to say, hang on, let, let's give him a plug. So I'm pretty sure it's this one. Let me just double check. This is great podcast material. Yes, Yarra Street Dental Clinic. That's the one. If you're in the area, get on down. And if you're not in the area, drive there. Still get on down because if you hate going to the dentist, this is going to change your life. Yeah. And if you go for the Bombers and you say that you found out about him on the Donfather pod, he'll give you a discount. You can't say that. No, he won't give you a discount. (laughs) You can't say that. Oh, my God. Imagine. (laughs) That's illegal, actually. Um, Yeah. So, anyway, just say you heard about him. Ignore that last bit. Yeah, yeah. No one heard anything. Um, So, anyway, likes and dislikes. Take us away. Um, Tex Wanganin's goal. That, that was, was... Well, actually, even the fact that he actually played and... But that was a actually, quality goal. Look, I was pretty happy with Tex overall, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he gave us a lot more than um, other players have given us the weeks before. I like that we played a um, pure pressure forward. What did he have? He only had three disposals, one goal, one point. But let's go across to his tackle numbers. And see where he was at. Only three tackles, um, but I thought he, his pressure was good. He looked lively. His pressure was good. He kicked a good goal. Um, mm. I'm happy to persist with him at small forward. To be honest, yeah, um, agree. He he's got some zip. He put some pressure on the back line. I was yeah, I was wrapped. And he'll just get better. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad they actually started him. Because that was just ridiculous last week. I know that you was, and Matthew covered it off on the last pod, but that was yeah. just woeful. That was woeful by the club. Mm. Um, so oh. look, I think, I think for me, my biggest like um, came out of the coaching box and came out of the midfield. So um, I was really happy with how we approach... Melbourne have one of the best midfields in the game, if not the best midfield in the game. And I was really happy that we did not get blown away at stoppages. And in fact, we won the stoppages. Total clearances, 39 to 32. Centre clearances, 15 to 10. And stoppage clearances, 24 to 22. So I think collectively as a group, the midfield group played really well. and I was really happy with the job that McGrath did on Petrarca, mm-hmm. even though Clayton Oliver did get off the leash and, and 
get 38 possessions. Um, I was really happy that the coaches went in with a plan and the midfield was able to execute it. I thought our midfield at least broke even with them and for large parts of that game were on top. Mm, Yeah, it's good to see. And I think that will give them some confidence as well for the weeks going forward that they could at least match um, the reigning premiers from last year through the midfield. And hopefully then in the next few weeks that will help them to build a bit of confidence to hopefully get some wins on the board. Yeah, look, no no one has missed the fact that we played three of the top four in the first three rounds. We have had a disgusting start to the season in terms mm. of the fixture. However, I don't think that gives us an excuse. We actually didn't turn up against Geelong. Yeah, and Geelong have shown in the last two weeks that they're not much chop, mm. right? So I don't care. Although who... didn't they come down from like uh, come back from thirty points down at three thirty nine points down or something at three quarter time against um, wh- whoever they played on the weekend on Friday something, night something like that. But who cares? Mm. Um, they're not that good. And regardless, anyone we played turning up with that attitude, we would have gotten beaten. We may not have gotten spanked like we did against Geelong, but mm. we certainly would have lost that game. We would have lost yeah. that game against North Melbourne, let yeah. alone someone who finished in the top four, and then. Brisbane was better, but we only played a quarter. We faded in that game. Mm. And, uh, you know, similar criticism, our first quarter was pretty poor and we were Mm. very lucky that they didn't convert. I actually didn't see the first quarter, so I can't really comment. The ball lived in Melbourne's forward half. Mm. So, um, again, not a four-quarter performance. So I suppose that would be a dislike. But Mm. having said that, um, I thought our midfield work from second quarter onwards was really solid and we matched them and certainly beat them in a lot of um, lot of contests. So I was really, really happy with that. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, another like, I thought Peter Wright had a good game. Got some, some good goals. Yeah, Peter Wright's an interesting one. I think he... Um, let's have a look at his stats because I actually quite like Peter Wright um, as a permanent forward. I think what they did in terms of selection, having um, and whether this is going to be a permanent thing or not, having a, um, two Ruckman and have Peter Wright stay permanently in the forward line, you know, four out of five times when he has a set shot on goal, he's going to kick it. So mm. um, really, I, I think that was a good move by the coaches to leave him in the forward line. Um Disappointing late that he missed a kickable set shot to really ram home the pressure on Melbourne. Mm. Um, but I I think he was really solid in patches against Brisbane. Uh, and in that first quarter, he looked like he was going to blow the game apart, to be honest. Mm. Uh, and then he faded, which is sort of a Peter Wright attribute. Um, but definitely starting off at a better point than where he started last season. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as a base to build off, I'm pretty happy with the beginning of his season. Yeah, and hopefully he just keeps building on that and then gets more confidence and then it just goes from there. Mm. The one issue with um, with Peter Wright, well, the player that Peter Wright is, given that he's not a big... He doesn't impose his body on the contest. Mm. And I think a big part of our game plan relies on having someone further up the ground to compete for the ball um, and Peter Wright is not the right uh, you like the pun there <laughs> it's not she did there 
is not the right type of player to have at centre-half forward for the game plan that we play. Mm. He's not... Um, He's not a Jonathan Brown type. He's not a, you know, he's not a combative type. Mm. Um, and he I doesn't think... have that big, like, imposing presence, does he? Like, even though no. he's tall, he doesn't have a really strong physique that really imposes himself yeah. in in those contexts. Contests, yeah. I should say. He gets pushed off off it a little bit too easily for mine. Mm. Um, so I think if we're ever going to see if if Peter Wright is ever going to lead our forward line, he needs to clunk more marks. Mm. The the ones that he gets to and he drops them for whatever reason, he needs to hold those. Um, and he's just not at the moment. And mm. then he's not using his body to impact the contest like I say Sam Draper would. Yeah. So that that's a problem for our team structure and our team going forward. But yeah. I, I would agree with you. I think Peter Wright had a really solid game and I would say that he was one of our best. Yep, agree. Agree. Yeah. Um. So, dislike for me, I'm still not sure what Braden Ham is, what his role is, and what. And he got around the footy a little bit. What did he have? He had 11 disposals. Um, but again, late in that game, we had two really good opportunities to pile the pressure on Melbourne and take the lead. And one was him, and one was Peter Wright, and he didn't take the opportunity. And I'm not sure what he's doing. He's not playing as a winger. Is he playing as a high half forward? We're not getting enough. He's, he's kicking. He's really letting him down. And I think that's hurting us in general. Mm. Um, well, maybe he's also not quite sure of his role. Like he's mm. sort of in the team a bit, out of the team a bit. And maybe he just doesn't hasn't had the opportunity to build that confidence and really solidify what his role is in the team and make it his own. Mm. And he's, I mean, we've got a lot of injuries, but I don't think we would have seen two bad games from Devin Smith in a row. And if and if he's playing a similar role to Devin Smith, I think we're probably going to, Devin Smith wouldn't have missed that shot. Um, mm. And with a bit of a rocket up him, perhaps a better performance overall. Um, but he was better, Braden Ham, than last week. Like he got a reprieve. Mm week because of um or the week before because of emergencies and, and shield coming out mm. um but i'm just not sold on him just yet um mm. so it's it's an interesting one i think stringer was was better for the run uh he looked... yeah i agree he had a couple of good quad quarters mm. um still not you know imposing across he's the not whole explosive game. he's not no. explosive no but he did, he was better than he was he, this was his second game for the season or third second Second, yeah, he definitely was better than last week, but mm. doesn't have that imposing string of presence that we, I guess, would expect. Mm. So I think it's probably going to take him another week or two at least mm. to get anywhere near the stringer of last season when he was super fit, which is... Yeah, it's a shame. It's, it's very frustrating with Jake Stringer because he has a really good year gets really fit, but as soon as he gets any injury, he's, I don't know if his performance drops more, if there's any other player in the league whose performance drops more when they've come back from injury from their best than Jake Stringer. He just seems to struggle, take longer than most to get fit again. Mm. Um, and I'm not, maybe that's because his best is so good. And so when you really notice it when he's a bit down, or maybe it's because 
you know, the way that he trains or who knows, who knows. But he, when he's not at his best, you can really tell with Stringer. Well, I feel like with Stringer though, like the whole time he's been at the club, how many years has he been at the club? Is this I think this is four? his fourth, yeah. I feel like in those four years, last year was the first really solid year that he had. Like He's had a couple of games here and there, but last year was the first time he really strung together. Um, a consistency, I guess, with his performance and that real dominant performance that we would expect from him. And then other than that, he's been really a bit hit and miss. And I don't know if that's because he keeps getting unlucky with injuries or what it is, but... I think he's been unlucky with injury, to be honest. Mm. Um yeah, he, he came to us injured. He was coming off an injury that first season. Mm. Um, and then, what was that, 2019 uh, or 2018? Uh, yeah, 2018, coming off an injury. Uh, 2019 had a solid year, but got injured in preseason. 2020 did his syndesmosis. Um, and last year had a really good year. But yeah. that was his first real clear run at it last year. Yeah. Um, and this year, look, I think, I think he's a bit... He's grown up a little bit um, since then, and I think he's a lot more professional than he was. Um, but like I say, I think it just takes him a little bit longer than most to come back from an injury layoff. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I feel like um, we saw some good stuff from Sam Durham. Yeah, Sam Durham, He he's a footballer's footballer. He um, always puts in 100%. Mm. You know, he had a couple of clangers, but, you know, for me... Play him every week. Yeah, Just leave really him in like the team. He, he hits the ball really hard. He always is willing to tackle. He Yeah. Sam Durham, for me, plays every week. And uh, he's, he's next to Laverde on the team sheet. They're the first mm. ones that go on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, go. Oh, should we talk about the captain? The elephant in the room? Yeah. I, I think there's a bigger the problem. I think there's a bigger problem than just him. Um. I think from watching the first three games, our game plan is not about, and maybe because of the teams that we've played, but our game plan is generally not about creating turnovers high up the field. Our game plan has been about dropping back, not giving cheap goals over the top, and then attacking springboarding from half back, which is what essentially what Melbourne did last year. That was the change to their game plan, that they were happy to concede ground and then springboard from half back. Mm-hmm. The problem for us this year, and it could be a pressure thing, but we've only got those three games in isolation. The problem for us this year is that everyone across our half back line has not improved and in fact seems to have gotten worse. We haven't had a good game from hind this year. Um, yeah like he played last year. Yeah. We have certainly not have a good had a good game from Heppel. And Redmond maybe has been passable. Certainly not at his Not normal, the same excitement that we got from him last year at all. Not, not at his normal high kind, standard. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of um, – because I'm used to really noticing Redmond in games actually, yeah. but the past three games, like even on Friday night, he popped up on the TV and I was like, oh, Oh, Redmond's playing kind of situation. Whereas usually mm. I'm used to really noticing him and his presence and some excitement coming from him. Yeah, and it's not an effort thing. 
Because no. Redmond, Redmond and Hind are both working really hard, and I'm sure Heppel's working really hard, right? It's not an effort thing. Um, there, there's just whether it's a the addition of Jake Kelly has kind of changed their positioning a little bit, or whatever it is. But to be honest, I think we lost the game because of our turnovers coming out of defence. There were numerous. So Hebel had 22 possessions for seven turnovers. So mm, one, one in every three of his possessions wasn't just ineffective. Like it just didn't, not that it just went over the boundary line and didn't get to an Essendon player. It actually led to a Melbourne player getting a possession. Yeah. So that's one third of his In their kicks. forward line. In their forward line, right? Mm. Uh, same with, I don't know how many turnovers Hind had. Let me look that up. Uh, where is he? Nick Hind. So Nick Hines had 21, and uh, clearances. Uh, where do I get more advanced stats? Here we go, advanced. Nick Hind. Uh, disposal efficiency. This is great pod. Oh, excellent pod. Yeah. Excellent pod material. Um, We need some elevator music or something. Why can't I look this up? Stupid website. Um, So Nick Hind, might have to go into the app. Anyway, his disposal efficiency was 60. uh, No, that was 76%. So it was relatively high. I can't find any turnovers here. So, um, and then Redmond was 61%. So Redmond's sitting around the same level that Heppel was in terms of disposal efficiency. Um, mm-hmm. And there was, Redmond had a howler out of um, kicking out, um, which cost us a goal. And Nick Hind, I remember two very clear instances where he turned the ball over. Mm. So that really hurts our game plan going forward. If you're, if you're playing a game plan that relies on... Um, getting the ball back in your defense and then springboarding from half back, mm. you cannot afford to have players as your designated kickers who are not really clear, efficient, good kicks of the football. Yeah, absolutely. Because when it goes wrong, it's right in their forward line and they can then um, get a goal from that situation. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm not sure I'm not sure what we do with Heppel um, because... I think as the captain, he gets a little bit more leeway than most. Mm. Um, and certainly, um, who who comes in for him? We've only got Garrett McDonough to play do, that. Do captains sure. ever get dropped? Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, they do. Uh, Coniglio got dropped last year for a number of games. Um, I reckon Heppel being the player that he is, I think obviously he'll, he'll know mm. um, and he'll get the feedback. And I think... Well, you give him another opportunity to clean that up. But remember, though, last year he had a pretty poor start to the season as well. Yeah, with the new position, but he's been playing there quite a while. Um, yeah. So I would be willing um, to. I know I'm going to say this, and you're going to laugh. I reckon if we're not going to drop him, I would prefer to see uh, Tom Cutler in his role and then push Heppel up to the wing. Jeez. Yeah. If you're not going to drop Heppel, that's what mm. I would prefer. Mm. Um, or I would prefer having um, him or someone like. Uh, obviously, that's why we were playing um, Zach Merritt across half back for 
mm. a lot of the preseason. But I think to, we need a really good deliverer of the football. And I think probably we can have Tom Cutler as a designated kicker. His kick gets lots of penetration. He's got good distance. He's a relatively good decision maker. He's just a, a little bit soft. Um, can I just say this turnaround in your attitude on Tom Cutler this season has been just unbelievable? Well, it hasn't been my attitude. It's been his performance. Do you think? Who's playing better? No, I'm not a... definitely. I'm not a keep my whipping boys just being the whipping boys. If they play well, they play well. Yeah, then what are you going to do? You're going to find another one. Yeah. Brayden Ham's your new whipping boy, actually. Well, he's a bit too young. You can't, you can't be mean to the youngies. I really like Brayden Ham. I, I really hope he finds some form and gets some good consistency and, and gets to stay in the team. I don't know. He's just like a little cousin, you know? You just want him to do well. It kind of makes me think of Nicky Noodle. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's the hair or... Yeah, probably um, is. Yeah, but I just really like Braden Ham and I want him to do well and I don't like this chat that he shouldn't be in the team. Mm. Every but time yeah. you, I hear you and Maddie talk about it, upsets me. Mm. But look, it's it's a concern for me, our, our exit from defence. Like, it's very clear that the change in our game plan to me has mm. been slow down the ball movement so that we can set up our defensive structures and then try and run it out of defense with forward handballs, right? Mm-hmm. And that that will work once we get enough running with the ball um, and we get enough movement through there. But that, yeah, that setup kick that's coming out of de- our defense, that was really poor mm-hmm. on um, on Friday night and I think was ultimately what cost us the game. Well, yeah, and I think as well when um, when our forward line is lacking like it is and when we're struggling in that area, you want to be really solid in defence and not have your players turning it over because then the opportunity for scoring down the other end is also diminished. So we really need to be solid in the mm. defence where we're at full strength, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think our... Um... I think our defenders, for the most part, did a good job. Mm. Um, I think they performed re- like our... When I say our defenders, the, what I mean is our stoppers. So we're talking about Ridley, Stewart, Laverde, and Jake Kelly. Um, I'm really happy with Jake Kelly. I think he's been a really good addition to our football team, mm. even though I think it's Ambrose every time he goes near the ball because he's the same size and shape. And um, number. And number. But anyway... Um, I've been really happy with our stoppers, mm. uh, particularly in the last couple of games. But I was, yeah, our flankers, our runners, um, and our deliverers, being Heppel, Redmond, and Hind, I think had a really poor game. And ultimately, when it comes down to the ins and outs, I think the midfield did really well. I think the forwards made the most of their opportunities. Mm. I think that exit from our defence was was really poor. Mm. Yeah, agree. Um, so, I, yeah, like I said, I don't know what we do with Heppel, um, whether we just back him in and let him make better decisions, give him an opportunity to, to improve his performance, whether we move him up the ground, um, get him onto a wing um, where he's got a little bit more time and space. That's a possibility as well. I'm, I'm not sure what the solution is. I don't mm. think dropping him is the solution. No, I don't think so either. I think from what I've seen, you know, around... I guess, like Essendon's social media and that kind of stuff. He's actually a really great captain and a really great, like, encourager of the team and the young players and he really is good from a leadership point of view and I don't think that 
dropping him is the answer, but potentially changing up his position and also to give him the opportunity to build his confidence back up, which then everyone knows that when you're, when you have more confidence, your performance is better. So maybe he just needs a change of position to have that opportunity to build some confidence and then potentially back to the position he's playing in now or keep him where he is. But I don't think that dropping him is the answer at all. Especially when you've got McGrath who is not playing that well mm. um, and Merritt's not in the team. Mm. I think if, if Merritt was fit and healthy, then it's a conversation about dropping Heppel because I think he can shoulder the burden of, of being captain and still performing well. Mm. Um, I think that is certainly fine, um, but... Not, I don't think McGrath can captain for a game. Uh, we don't have someone like Hurley to be able to shoulder the responsibility. Yeah, I think either we persist with him and get him some help to give him some more time and space, mm. or we move him up the ground, we move him to the wing, um, and we move Cutler to be the designated kicker playing that position, mm. um, which, you know, both of those things I'm not opposed to. Does Heppel have the engine to play on the wing at the moment? I'm not sure. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Mm. They're, they're questions for the the coaches and the people involved to answer. But yeah, um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And he's been such a warrior for so long. Um, and I really hate seeing him just copying it in the supporter pages and the supporter groups. Like, yeah. oh, some, some supporters are so fickle. Like, I just think they're people, right? And nobody goes out to have a bad game or do a bad job. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes the people on the sidelines that have probably never done a hard day's work in their life are very quick to, I shouldn't say that, that was very, you know, but are very quick to hang it on on these players, forgetting that they're actually human beings mm. doing their best. I mean, we, we do on the show um, sort of hang it on, the players, but it's never personal. It's always about their performance. Mm. And a lot of it's tongue-in-cheek, right? A lot of it mm. is exaggerated for the purpose of making entertaining podcasts. Um, you know, and, and like we were saying before, when, when their performance changes, we give credit where it's due mm. um, with exactly like Tom Cutler, you know? Yeah. He's, his impor- performance has improved. He's got some confidence and, you know, he's doing okay. Um, and same with Heppel. He, you know, I'm sure he does lots of intangible things really well, but mm. um, his performance on the field is, is not been great and it yeah. needs to get better. The yeah. team needs it to be better because we need to start winning games if we're going to make anything of this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what did you think of Dylan Scheel? I thought he was better this week than he has been. Hmm. Um, I thought he was our best player this week. I, I can't comment. I didn't get a, a, a proper solid concentration of the game. I thought he he had patches in this game that were like, yep, this is why we paid such a premium to bring you to the football club. When we needed to advance the ball forward, when we were in the game late and needed to score, he was breaking lines and... He was performing really, really well. I'm actually really encouraged by the way he's going about it. Um, now that he is getting his, you know, his body's getting back to where he knows it can perform. Um, 
we've got more help from the rest of the midfield, so he's not having to do it all himself. Mm. Um, I'm yeah, I think we're going to get a good year out of Dylan Shiel. Um, if if he continues on this trajectory, I'm expecting really big things this year. Um, I I think it may it has the potential to be his best year in red and black. I really hope so because I feel like the players that we got in that whole Shield Smith Sard Stringer so far have really not delivered. I think Stringer's delivered, um, and I think Shield. Um, had a lot is- of injury. He's been injured a little bit. Um, mm. Smith is the one that had a really good year mm. and we thought we got a real bargain and then mm. he's dropped off quite a bit. But he came to us with an injury, didn't he? Yeah. Came to yeah. us with a knee injury and then played that one year and then had it operated on and he's just not... He hasn't been the same since and I'm not no. sure why. Mm. Um, well, I am sure why because our strength and conditioning and mm. fitness staff have been below par um, and I haven't really seen anything to convince me otherwise of Sean Murphy as yet. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got I've actually got two more likes. Tell one me. specifically related to the game, and one not. Mm. We got away without any injuries or any major injuries this week, so that's a that's a win. Yeah, we still got the COVID protocols to come in. If you know, you never know in in these times. But yeah, it was good to get through the game unscathed. We should have had some COVID parties, I reckon, yeah. over summer. Everyone yeah. caught it. Get that sorted. Smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, my other like is Waller played VFL this week. Mm, yeah, only at half, as he far as I understand. He doesn't look particularly fit, to be honest. No, he doesn't. Um, but, you know, exciting times. I think we could do with some of that magic in the forward line. Mm, mm. No, I agree. Um, I was pretty happy to see him back on the field. Mm. So um, I guess we'll wait and see how long it is until he gets on. He, he had the chance to win the game, apparently. Oh, did um, he? But just drew, faded from 50 metres yeah, that's after just the fitness, siren. Though. No, 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 he's oh, shot. He's shot. He, he's never been a long kick. So oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. when you've seen Waller lining up at 50 metres out, you're not expecting you, a goal. You're not exactly right. Exactly um, right. So that's, you know, it is what it is. But really... Irrelevant. He's he's mm. out. He's playing. He's building fitness. Yeah. Hopefully, he's back soon. Yeah. Um. How how good is Nick Martin? He yes, very very good. Mm. I'm excited mm. to have him on the team. Yeah. He he just looks composed. He knows how to get the football. He's a good user by foot. He very rarely makes a mistake. I can't believe he didn't get drafted. Mm. Well, it's good for us. It's really good for us. But yeah, just. Bizarre, bizarre that he didn't get drafted. Um, so that that's really good. Um, and this is sort of, it's a bit unfair on on this guy because he's still developing. But, geez, our transition looked really good with a wing setup of Cutler and Nick Martin and Sammy Durham and even mm. Ham at some point. I think, I don't know about Nick Cox. I think we're playing him out of position. And I think it's actually hurting his development. And I think we should let him get back to his natural game, which mm. um, is playing centre-half back, centre-half forward, um, being... And, and, you know, he can play centre-half forward and use his fitness to run all the way up the wing and get involved in play. Um, mm. And I think if we allow him to do that, I think we'll see some much, much better development. I'm I'm not sure that having him... Try and learn the wing at AFL level 
is worth the effort. So do you um, think that's what changed last year? Because remember how we had a really solid start to the year? Did they change his position halfway through the year? No, no, he started on the wing. Oh, he, he was always on the wing, was he? Yeah, yeah. But as right. a junior, he wasn't a wingman. Right. As a junior, he was a centre-half back, centre-half forward. Right. Um, and Matthew and Noodle played, I think Noodle played with him. Mm, um, I think so. And and he's always been a big, a, a tall key position player. Mm. Um, and he's gotten to AFL level and they've thought, oh, you know, we could create a real weapon if we get you on the wing. But I think that I'd much rather have him playing centre-half forward and roaming to the wing than um, because he just doesn't get enough of the footy and he's not damaging enough with it yet mm. um, on the wing. And we actually saw the transition was better. And whether that was because Cutler was on the wing and not um, and not Cox, or we just had a better game. You know, it's hard to say that. You know, it's and it's really unfair on him to say, "Yep, because he got injured, we moved the ball better." That's not necessarily true. There's a whole heap of factors that go into it. Mm. But what I'm saying is, I liked our wing setup from Friday night, mm. and I would prefer, given how talented he is, that we try and develop him as a centre half forward, centre half back, rather than a wingman, because he's to me in the last few weeks he's just been floating around not really impacting the game and I'd rather mm. give him the opportunity to play his natural game that he knows really well mm. yeah maybe that's something that they could consider when he comes back from injury mm. you know yeah. and and yeah hopefully get the best out of him mm. so all in all I think it's probably as, as sad as it's to say it was probably our best loss of the year so far I think mm. um our performance was was better across the board. Um, we were in the game really right up into the death and gave up some cheap ones. Mm. Um, we early, even like dared for two minutes to think that maybe we could actually come away with the win. Mm, that's right. That's right. So um, overall, I was I was pretty pleased, um, but certainly still not good enough. Mm. Not good enough to to play a first quarter like that. Not good enough to come away with a loss and. Definitely not good enough to start a season 0-3. Um, yeah. That's not where we want to be as a football club. That's not showing any development. And I'm still angry about the performance against Geelong. I'm still upset about that capitulation for the first round of the season. Just a disgusting performance. And that's in that context, it's made the other two games worse than they needed to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully they're building and maybe this week we can come away with a win. Mm. Well, Adelaide just beat Port Adelaide, so I'm not I'm not confident. Oh, I just want to touch on really quickly, I'm not sure if we touched on this. I thought, I just want to give some credit to McGrath. He's had a really tough start to the year, mm. but his job on Petrarca, who was starting his first two weeks were absolutely nuts. Mm. And the fact that McGrath was able to really hinder his influence on the game mm was pretty incredible. Um, you, yeah, you did mention briefly earlier. And yeah. ac- according to Noodle, Petrarca had a mare. I learned a new, well, I learned a new phrase. He had a mare. Petrarca, Petrarca's been averaging 40 possessions in the first two games and kicked, mm. I'm not sure how many goals, but he kicked mm. one goal, two, and only had 21. Wow, so, that's, that's amazing from That was McGrath. a really good job. So, you know, I'm I'm not sad if, if McGrath adds that to his little kit bag, mm, um, yeah. being able to shut down an uh, opposition midfielder. So, yeah, props to him. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, I'm still not content. I'm not satisfied. Um, and, mate, if we do not beat the Crows on Sunday, 
I am I'm going to burn my... my new footy jumper. I'm putting my membership in the microwave. If, if we don't beat the Crows, I'm going to burn my new jumper. Yeah. Yeah. It's the end of the Don Father. I reckon. So... I reckon. I'm going to go down in a blaze of glory. Or yeah. no, not really, is it? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, so why don't we take a little bit of a break? Um, and then we've actually got a special guest coming up next. I'm, um, I'm catching up with Patrick from Arc Up, the Adelaide fan podcast, and he's going to run through um, the preview with me um, for the Essendon-Adelaide game. So we'll take a little bit of a break, and then when we come back, we'll uh, jump in with the boys from Arc Up. Former people in the front, front, in the nosebleed section, section. This is for the headsets, loving the mix. My people in the front, oh, covered in spit. Batters in the box, suffered a pitch. Hilltop hoods, oh, up in this bitch. And we the punk leaders, punks, you can't beat us. We bump and pump meters, we drunk, you chumps need us. So, jump with us. So, as we were talking about before the break, it is my pleasure to introduce friend of the family, uh, member of the Arc Up podcast in its first season. Pat, welcome along. Thanks very much for having me. So uh, you're yeah. um, you're kind of new to this podcasting caper. This is your first season with Arc Up, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. We um, it sort of came out a bit of left field, to be honest. We, I mean, we'd always have like a after a few beers and watching the game of footy, we talked about it, um, but it never sort of eventuated last year. And um, most of us are got quite busy lives at the moment with um, young ones and whatnot. But we decided to um, yeah give it a crack this year and um, just go for it and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 good. It's fun. Yeah, we're yeah. enjoying it a lot. So we're up to oh, we're on the um, fourth episode. So uh, yeah, there's a lot to dissect after every round, and it hasn't been a great start for the Crows, but we we're happy to get a win last week, and at least we didn't have to um, arc up, as we say, too much um, to the boys. But yeah, no, it's been good. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's a funny one because ours was the same as as our listeners know, all three of them um, that we kind of started. You know, in lockdown, Melbourne had a really long lockdown, and so the I normally go to the footy with my family, um, and so we would have this you know chat group going on. We watch it on Zoom and that sort of stuff, and then as you do when you're a bit rowdy after the footy, you think you're an expert and thought, well, we should make a podcast about this. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it is very good fun, but um, I mean, I suppose there's more more to talk about when your team's going badly than there is to talk about when your team's going. I know. Well. Yeah, it was a, it, it sort of made it easier for a bit of. Um bit of content and a bit of like I guess uh humor about it but at some stage you're like well we can't can't just be arcing after them all, all the yeah time. so uh no it was good to, good to get a win last week against Port Adelaide and at least I uh, had some something uh good things to say about the team is there any way that is better to win in a showdown than a kick after the siren no nah, none there's no better way and it's the best showdown win I've ever seen um Purely because just the the um, the way the two sides should be tracking, and, mm-hmm. you know, Port lot coming off a prelim loss against um, the Bulldogs that they should have won. Yep. Um, they're zero and two. We're zero and two. We are on a um, just basically three years into a rebuild, and um, yep. they're supposedly still at their peak. So you know, when you live in Adelaide, you got two choices in life, and one's being a Crow supporter, one's being a Port supporter, and uh, that's what you dealt with. Yep. So, um, yeah, we've got plenty of mates that are, you know, port supporters and it, you get right stuck into each other. But, you know, to win after the siren is just, yeah, it's 
doesn't happen. So it's pretty incredible. It I um I would say that Jordan Dawson is now an Adelaide legend, regardless of what he does for the rest of his career, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think he's on nine hundred k a year, and we could would the fans would be saying, give him give him one point five, give him yeah, give yeah. him the key to the kingdom because uh, after that performance, and not just that, he, it wasn't just the goal after sign. He just he, he got the um he won the best on ground. Yeah. Uh, award for that day, so he he killed it. Um, yeah. yeah, he, you know, he uh, kicks fifty five off of one step. So it's one of those guys that he's just got a penetrating ball flight, and you need a couple of them in your team, that's for sure. Yeah, um, and luckily we've got him. So yeah, he's been a great pickup for us. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. So it's it's unlucky for you guys that now you have to cross the border fly into Marvel Stadium and take on the might of the Bombers, right? Well, <laughs> that's it. let's not get too carried away. <laughs> we've been pretty poor this season uh, and we've been pretty ravaged with injury. But how do you see this one going? Tell me about Adelaide. Tell, I'm having a look <clears throat> at their, their lineup from last week. Yeah, where, so... where do you think you're going to be strong? Where do you think you'll be able to take us apart, run through it? So, I mean... I. As I was, you know, thinking about this, I I really didn't. If you had asked me two weeks ago, I would not have said my the midfield. But mm. I'm going with our strength. I think um, this week will be the midfield because mm-hmm. we've got um, Riley O'Brien, who yep. isn't the most coordinated man in the world, but he yep. had 45 hitouts last weekend. Yeah, nice. uh, against Scott Lysett, who's a premiership ruckman, mm-hmm. um, and he seems to be coming into form. So. I feel like if Rob can get on top of Draper in the midfield, um, mm-hmm. then we'll have a uh, first look at it. And with uh, blokes like Keys, Laird, I think Sloan's coming back this week, um, mm-hmm. and Schoenberg, who's, uh, who's been playing really well in his, in his third year. Um, just through work ethic, I think we can, um, we can uh, come one up in the midfield and... That's generally where games are won or loss mm. um, is in the midfield. Mm. Um, yeah, I so think. Um, I don't know how you guys are tracking. I know you haven't got Zach Merritt, which is a which mm. is um, which hurts a bit. Um, I know. I mean, you'd be able to tell me, but just look, just watching games. I know. Um, tried using Andy McGrath as a tagger last week on. Um, mm. He did a really good job on Petrarca. Yeah, I he did do a good job. I don't know who who we'd go to if we're going to play in a similar shutdown role. Maybe Laird, um, you know. I don't know if clubs have tried that yet, so I don't know if you guys would bother with that. You might just try go see how because the midfields are quite even. Mm. Not mm-hmm. just try the um, just just try and beat your opponent. Mm. Um, but it's yeah, a- I, that's personally how I see. I, I think I think Crows with with Rob um, playing quite well. Um, hit outs to advantage. I think we could get one up on you on in the uh, in the midfield in the clearances. And we beat Port last week um, in the center clearances. And that you know they got Boak and and um, Wines and uh, they're a really good clearance team. They've got a good clearance side. So yeah, um, they'll take a lot of confidence out of that as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully they hopefully they can. Um, at least repeat that effort from last week. Yeah, because Sammy Draper, to be honest, he's been he's been a bit down um, the last the start of this season. He hasn't been yeah. his normal athletic dominance. Not that he ever tore games apart, but similar to Riley O'Brien, in that they have patches where you think, oh, this this guy is going to destroy the league in a year yeah. or two. Um, but he hasn't. He's got the size to go with O'Brien, which we haven't really had recently. Um, 
but he's he's definitely not in his good form. Do you tend to run two ruckmen, or do you run a um a, a so, forward oh, who so, pitches? Yeah. So um, Riley's usually he'll 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 play ninety five percent time on yep. ground, um, yep. and it's always in the ruck. So yep. um, I think when he chops out, he'll go forward for a little bit, but you don't really notice it. And we have um, only. Well, Philthorpe would go into the ruck, who, mm-hmm. but he's not getting picked at the moment. Um, yep. So he's playing SNFL. Um, so apart from him, it's like Himmelberg, maybe. Um, yep. Yeah, we're sort of we don't really have that second ruck option, so he's really our one and only at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting because we ran two rucks, obviously against Gorn and Jackson. So we dropped a forward who was Francis, um, yep. and we brought in. Um, Andrew Phillips to play as a double yes. team. Um, and that for the most part worked relatively well. But I think if you guys are going to run, if you normally run Riley O'Brien with um, Himmelberg to chop out, I think what we might see from the Bombers is dropping Phillips um, and then bringing in uh, Aaron Francis to play permanent forward. Um, mm. But I can see us running with the same setup because it, it did tend to work quite well. And one of our shining lights this year has been Peter Wright. Um, and he, again, um, improved on the week before, probably had his best game um, that I've seen, apart from his seven-goal performance last year, playing as a permanent forward. I sort of questioned what Gold Coast was thinking when they um, thought it was a good idea to get rid of him, to mm. be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he's, like, from the games I've seen, he takes a, he's got a good lead, great grab, and kicks really, really well. So, yeah, he's, he's been in good form. I yeah, like seven or eight. It's not so. So his ability to convert's not his issue. He's actually really good in that category. the The issue I have with Peter Wright is he's a big guy, and in in our team at the moment, we need a big aggressive forward, and he's just not that type of player. Mm. I think if we were to get a second, you know, another key forward who can be that really aggressive player, then Peter Wright plays a great job as the foil to the main forward. Um, and I think it becomes really difficult. When he yeah. is the main forward, uh, he tends to get double teamed and he and he doesn't like the contest that much. He's not mm. that dominant forward. So I'm not yeah. sure who you've got as key defenders, but if you've got more than one, I think he'll probably struggle. Yeah, I think we'd probably have Jordan Butts, who's mm-hmm. uh, our fullback. He's our lockdown defender. So... Yep. I'd say he'd be going to um, Peter Wright. He's a glove man. Um, yep. Yeah, he'll just stick on him. So um, that's who I would think would be playing on Peter Wright. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It depends who – yeah, it, it, it all depends on who your second um, main target up forward is, I guess, as well. Mm, but we, yes. we have a few – we have a, a few guys out back back now, like Brody Smith and um, Tom, Tom Duday. Duday usually takes another tool. Yep. Um, as well, but he, they both can sort of float around, and um, yeah. Do you know you know who you don't have, and that is Jake Kelly, and boy oh boy, oh, yes, right. has he been a good pickup for us this year? He, I had never heard of him until we signed him <laughs> oh, yeah. in the free agency period, and he has he's about as solid as they come. He is so reliable. He's really, I mean, he he's not damaging by foot, but he doesn't necessarily mess it up but geez he can lock down on someone can't he yeah yeah but i think that's sort of why we're happy to because we had too many lockdown defenders and you only really need one if two two of them the rest of them yeah you don't really want that many lockdowns because you want you want to be able to create 
play from the back line. So, mm. um, but yeah, he 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 was a really um, yeah highly touted player for the Crows, and yeah, it was um, yeah a, a sorry loss, but you know. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's good for you guys, for sure. So tell me about your general game plan with Adelaide. Are they a forward-press type of team, or are they a try and win it back across half-back and, and rebound from there? How do you see generally the, the Crows playing? Um, I think they're still trying to work it out, to be honest. like I think mm-hmm. they have their, their play in their mind, and um, the way they train is the forward-press. But um, round two against Collingwood, we decided to start chipping it around the back lines and just playing like a style of footy when, you know, we haven't really seen him play and it just didn't work. Like we mm-hmm. weren't confident enough to hit that um, damaging kick um, uh, through the through the corridor or mm-hmm. we were just hitting sideways and it just got kind of messy and Collingwood were able to just, you know, chop us off. And, and that's, that's that this is one of our biggest weaknesses at the moment is our um, skill errors are just being just basic skill errors have just been killing us. So mm-hmm. we've been having on the back um, our half back line, and we get chippy across that um, across there. We we sort of just can tend to miss that kick, and then mm-hmm. um, and we just get punished on the turnover. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what the stats would be for turnover goals against Crows, but I'd, we'd probably rank pretty high as being the worst team in the comp at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, just from yeah, basic skill errors like that, which we shouldn't be shouldn't be missing, and that's. You know, that's something we, we've been arcing up on our podcast about is that, you know, um, you can't be missing those kicks when you're playing AFL, but mm. it does happen. We are a young side and, um, yeah, uh, that's something they definitely need to work on. And uh, um, if Essendon are able to put the pressure on um, the Crows and uh, uh, particularly that perceived pressure where they think they're under, under the pump, um We'll probably see those skill errors, and um, and if they're damaging on the turnover, then uh, yeah, it could get ugly. But um, hopefully, they're they're sort of settled into to the game, to the speed of it as well. Um, mm-hmm. Now that it's getting into round four, and um, yeah, we work it's it's on. interesting because I think um, so Essendon's game plan this season has tended to be um, set up behind the ball and make sure it's re- almost a flood. Make sure it's really difficult for mm. the teams to find an option inside 50. Yep. Um, and then they try and rebound, almost similar to how Melbourne played last year. Yeah. Um, you know, get get Ridley to take a mark, get Stewart to take a mark, get Laverde to take a mark, and then explode from there. Our, our issue recently has been that our halfbacks haven't been damaging by foot. So mm. we haven't necessarily been chipping it around, but when we've left the, for, the back line, um, our, our kicks have been really inaccurate. And that's led to similar Adelaide, lots of turnovers and goals against. Um, so I think if Adelaide give Essendon that kick out of defence and they try and defend sort of centre of the ground backwards, I think maybe Adelaide will struggle because our ball movement, if pressure against us is not intense, we've got a really good running handball game that we've seen in patches that then gets us good looks inside 50. Um, so it's going to be an interesting matchup to see whether the forward press from Adelaide, as you say, they've been working on, um, kind of comes to the fore and they can bring the pressure. Because I think if you let us out of our defence, then I think we've got too much over the top with sort of Stringer and Peter Wright taking a mark one out, those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but that's that's easier said than done, obviously. Given oh, absolutely. And um, that's the thing with that, with that type of game style, you need to have the personnel to be able to, one, make the decision, and two, hit the kick. 
because mm-hmm. otherwise it will, ba- it will backfire on you. It's a, it's a risky um, type of play, but it's very effective if used correctly. Like, and that's that's why Melbourne dominated so mm. so um, so much last year. You know, because they they had the players and the personnel in that half back line to actually hit that kick and have the confidence to do it to do it. Yeah, um, it's very easy when you start missing those kicks to go on your shell and then you're like, oh, well, what what do we do now? We start chipping it around and then you then you, that's when you start um, losing it a bit. So mm. it sounds like Crows and Essendon might have the same similar game plan. Um, it's just <laughs> going to be whoever pulls it off the best, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's Yeah, I, I can't see our forward line. I mean, we've got Stringer and we've got Peter Wright as as good forwards, and Archie Perkins will bob up for a couple. But our forward line's really depleted. I, I look at your back line, and Stringer's a really difficult player to match up on, but he's not 100% fit at the moment. So yeah. um, if you can sort of get a shutdown role on him or put some pressure on him, or you, you double-team Peter Wright, I can't see our forward line kicking enough goals. Um, I would back our defence in against your forward line. Um, yeah. I would say, look, I'm pretty confident... With Laverde on Fogarty, um, Stewart. I don't think Fogarty will play. I think um, Tex will come back this week from his mm-hmm. suspension. Yep. And I think Fogarty will get dropped. He um, hasn't been playing that well. Yep. Um, and Tex coming back in for us is massive as well. So Yeah. Because um, that's another just big tool, crash, crashes the pack. So he'll probably take... Um, He'll probably take your best best defender, I'd say. Your best yeah, defender. so he'll probably get Laverde or Stewart. Um, yeah. probably, I would... Look, I, I get confused by our coaches. I'd probably put Stewart on him because Stewart's a big boy and Tex is a big boy. And Tex yeah. is not as mobile as he used to be. So I think it's... No. A, for me, it seems a good matchup for Stewart. Um, and then maybe you put Laverde on, on Himmelberg, um, yeah. freeing up uh, Ridley to sort of float and roam. Mm. Um so I think it's a bit of a wash, sort of your forward line and our defence. Yep. Um, and similar, I, I think your defence is probably at the moment stronger than our forward line. And as you say earlier, I think it's going to come down to the midfield and who can yeah. get on top. Um, the one positive to come out of Zach Merritt getting injured is Jai Caldwell, who's in his third year, uh, but has had two really interrupted seasons with injury, um, looked to take a step up. Um, and Dylan Scheel looks back to his explosive best. There are a few passages that I saw over the weekend that I was like, mm, this guy is ready to have a really big game. So the only way I can see us winning is if um, we get a, a game out of Dylan Scheel and then I expect um, Hobbs to come in for us and play his first game, who just shores up our, our bodies around the ball. Obviously a first gamer, but he, he had 24 on the weekend over the VFL. Uh, 75% efficiency and, and a lot of contested possessions. So it's it's a good day for him to... You're a young side, we're a young side. It's a good day for him to make his debut, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I heard, um, yeah, he's a, he's a good player and he's a big body midfielder. So um, it will be a good matchup in the midfield because we, while we've got um, some older heads, as in Laird and uh, Sloan, um, Sloan's 32, so he's... We're sort of thinking now that he might get pushed out to another position soon because it's just, um, yeah, just that age bracket now, um, similar to like a Josh Kennedy or something like that where they're sort of out with the old in with the new. They're finding um, another position for him to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you got like a, we got the, you know, uh, Schoenberg as well who's just a he's, – he's, 
is a second year, third year, and he's still finding his feet a bit. So yeah, it will be a, it'll be a really good matchup in the midfield, and um, it'll be interesting to see because obviously um, Parish can be really damaging as well when he's on. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll be a good matchup for sure. So you mentioned that you think uh, Fogarty will go out for Walker. Any other changes that you can see happening? Um, Lockie Murphy got injured, so mm-hmm. I'd say coming in for him might be Sam Berry. He, um, he'd be a straight swap, I reckon. Uh, mm-hmm. Midfield forward. Uh, he, he had about 28 and two goals in the Sandful, mm-hmm. um, which is the Crows reserves on the weekend. So mm-hmm. I'd say if he comes out, then um, Sam Berry will come in, but I don't think too much else will change. We've still got Miller, who will be elite. Um, he's had two years out of the game, mm. uh, but he's just, they played him round one, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that was the right call, but you know, they, they do what they do and then, um, put him back into the reserves to just build up his endurance, his speed. And, um, I think they want him breaking lines a bit more, but mm-hmm. he, he won't come back in, I don't think anyway. So yeah, I think it would just be Tex in and, um, Sam Berry and he'll be, yeah, he'll just be a small forward again. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. But he's young. He's only played, um. Yeah, probably ten to twenty games or something like that. Not even so. Um, but yeah, Texas, Texas, the uh, would be the, the big one for us. Um, mm. And mm. if uh, you know, before last week, we were having a go at um, you know the selection panel, uh, even picking Himmelberg because he hadn't done anything, mm. um, wasn't even going up for marking contests, which is you know something that you sort of expect from your big forward if they're not um, kicking goals, they're at least crashing packs and. Um, mm-hmm. Bringing the bringing the footy to the um to the ground so at least the smalls can have a chance at doing the rest. But he, he wasn't really doing that, and um, luckily last week he kicked four goals straight, so he redeemed himself. And we've got another youngster called um Lockie Gallant, who's mm-hmm. only played a few games, but he kicked four goals last week. Um, and he he doesn't mind jumping up at the uh, at the footy as well. So uh, it's it's promising at least, you know. Like they, yeah. it might be a dime a dozen games for him, but um yeah, we'll just see. Yeah, no, great. Yeah, Gallant had four straight and um, Himmelberg had four straight as well. Yeah, yeah. And Himmelberg had eight marks, so that's that's a really solid game. I think he, he, he sort of looked like he was playing for his career a bit, to be honest. He um, yeah. he was right on the edge because if you ask any Crows fan, he shouldn't have got given another game, but he did. Mm. Yeah, he, he sort of paid out dividends because he ended up sort of winning it for us in the long run, really. Yeah, what's the deal with Fogarty? When he came on the scene, I thought this kid is going to be the next big yeah. thing. But he hasn't really done much, has he? Oh, yeah. We look, we love the Foghorn, but uh, it's one of those things like you, you, you just want to love him, but it's it's hard because um, he's he's such a big body. So they tried, they've tried him in um, a few different positions. Mm. He's not quite tall enough to be a um, damaging forward, and yep. he's too heavy to be in the midfield. He'd have to lose like 10 kilos and he could be like a stringer type player. That's yeah. He's got good footy smarts. Um, he's got a great, great kick, um, got a great mark, but he's just, just a bit too heavy and a bit too slow because of it. Mm. Um, so at the moment, it's just literally the only, the only way we can play him is if he, if he plays with Tex, it's as a forward pocket, um, double, like sort of doubling up as another big forward. Mm-hmm. But he, he might only get, seven touches a game, but we hope he kicks three goals out of it, you know, like they're yeah. um, very effective. And I think last year he did that. I think he was the most efficient 
you know, goal kicker in the competition just about. I think he was at like 80% efficiency. Yeah, this wow. This year he's like four goals eight. So he's a bit down on that. Um, yeah. I think his confidence is a bit down. So I'd say I'd be very surprised if he didn't get um, sent back to the reserves just to go back and get a bit of confidence. And, um, yeah, I don't I don't see how else Tex would come in. Uh, they'd have to get rid of um, either him or Himmelberg, and I don't see him dropping Himmelberg now after last week. So yeah, I think, I think, I think um, Fog only had, yeah, two, two or three touches um, last week. So uh, He had yeah, five disposals, um, three kicks, two handballs. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, yeah. that's just not enough. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, he's playing that sort of role where um, it's hard if if he's not getting the right delivery, he it's kind of hard for him to get a touch. That's right. That forward role, so yeah, you know, you can have a go on him as much as you want, but at the end of the day, he's not playing midfield, so you can't look at his stats. You got to mm-hmm. um, you got to sort of watch the game and and see how the ball was delivered to him or not delivered to him to to make a fair enough judgment. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, at the same time, you've got, to, you've got to be kicking some goals to be playing forward. So. Yeah, agree, agree. So my predicted changes for the Bombers is I think we'll see Phillips drop out uh, for Francis. Uh, Francis, I was surprised to see him drop out of the team initially after one game, um, but it was obviously a match-up thing. So I think Francis will come in for Phillips. Um, and I think we'll see Braden Ham drop out for either Devin Smith or Ben Hobbs. Um, with potential for another change, maybe Tex for um, Tex Wanganeen, um might come out as well for Devon Smith and or Hobbs if they want to bring both of them in. My Smokey is potentially Heppel gets a week off. He's been quite poor this year, but I think him being the captain, um, he probably gets an extra week to sort of redeem himself. Really? Yeah. yeah, he had he had seven, 22 possessions for seven turnovers last week, um, and they were really costly, damaging turnovers. Mm-hmm. And he's been similar in the first two weeks. So that's my Smokey maybe giving him a week off. Um, but we don't have a lot to come back in, to be honest, because we're quite ravaged with injury. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's tough to make those changes unless, say, Snelling is feared or someone like that. It, it becomes yeah, really exactly. difficult. Um, we haven't got a lot to come in. But I think it's going to be a really great game. It, you know, obviously we've got the uh, the blockbuster time slot of one o'clock on a Sunday. You know, they put oh, all mate, the big games. Yeah, you um, can cement crows in that time slot, mate. We've been there for the last couple of years now, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's going to be an interesting one. Look, I'm, I'm heading down. Are you guys coming across for it? No, no, we... Um... No, we won't be there. I think I'm good. we're going to try and get over for the uh, Carlton game, actually, which is in a few uh, few weeks' time. But yeah, nice. Um, yeah, like I'm still playing footy myself, so yeah. um, and young family and whatnot. So it's uh, yeah. I would love to. Would love to. Once once that's done, I'll, I'll be flying to Melbourne as much as I can to get to see the Crows. But yeah, uh, nice. or just see any footy in general, to be honest. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be watching it at home and just uh, yeah, praying we go. Two and two. Yeah, nice. I'm I'm too scared to go to Adelaide for the footy. I've been for the soccer once, um, and I thought I was going to die. I thought I was <laughs> yeah. going to get murdered. So that's all we got, mate. All we got is sport here. So yeah, <laughs> I um I got up and cheered in my Melbourne Victory shirt and turned around. I'm just in this sea of red, and I was like, oh, and I just had to apologise and sit down. I think I think someone missed a penalty or something like that, and I was wrapped <laughs> with it. Um, I, I don't actually go to any of the Adelaide United games, but my cousin does, and he, uh, yeah, he says it's, they're pretty brutal on um, any, yeah, 
and the other fans rocking up to the game and trying to cheer their own team on. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not surprised at all, mate. Not surprised at all. You know, if you go to a showdown, you yeah, you know what true rivalry is. In my opinion, it's uh, yeah brutal. So yeah, um, I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. So give us your prediction. What what do you think the score will be, and uh, who do you think is going to win? Uh, I, th- I think it will be. I think it'll be a fairly high-scoring game, to be honest, because I, mm-hmm. I don't think I think it will be a very attacking both sides. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go. I, I'm going to go with the Crows, and I said this in our in our podcast. So I, I'm going to go Crows by 13 points. I still Ooh. think it'll be a tight one. It'll be in the just below the 100 points for each side. So in the 80s to 90s, I think it'll be a really good game. Yeah, it'll mm. be a good challenge for both for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I um I'm very dour on the bombers right now, but at some point it has to change, and our performances have been improving. So I'm gonna go bombers, and I'm gonna go seven points. There you go. We're fairly similar. Yeah, so yeah. it'll be interesting. We'll uh we'll have to uh shoot the text across and see yeah, uh, exactly yeah. see who's on top. So it yeah. should be a great game. But anyway, Pat, thanks for joining me. Thanks for taking the time out to jump on oh, the Don no, Father. Where, where can people find you? Where can the, the people yeah, whose so, um, second team is Adelaide get the podcast? Yeah, yeah. So um, we're uh, on Instagram. We're the, the Arc Up podcast. And I think we're on Twitter as Arc Up AFC. But, yeah, we're just just starting and, um, yeah, just, just getting our groove on. But, yeah, loving it. It's good. Awesome. Thanks for having me. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. We'll, we'll catch you up soon. As, um, I think next time we play when when uh, uh, Essendon are playing. I think there is a reverse fixture this year. Yeah, I think it's later on this year. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when we've got our uh, stuff to get together a bit better, we'll get you on our podcast. With it. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Beautiful. So as always, follow us on Instagram. Get us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you get good quality podcasts, we are hiding in the basement of that location. Um, As I said, check us out on Instagram, get some photos of us going a bit crazy while we're watching the footy. And until next time, go Dons.